0: Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. This week's guest is Thomas Arnold. Thomas is a YouTuber, entrepreneur, a student and a cross enthusiast. He started making YouTube videos when he was just a teenager and his first YouTube channel was based on cricket. He fell in love with the process and hasn't stopped since. Following his natural love and passion for filmmaking, he launched his own media company, which is called Fearless Media, which he now manages, manages since he started college. He has collaborated with many companies and people and has gained valuable skills and knowledge along the way, in which he will sh- share throughout the episode. You can find Thomas on our social media channels and you can do so by typing in Thomas Arnold Films. And without further ado... Please enjoy the episode. Uh, Thomas, welcome to the show. What's thanks. up? How are what's you? Up, what's up? Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so I guess the first question I want to ask you is who you are. Like who's Thomas? Who's Thomas Arnold? What are you all about? What What are you currently doing? Uh,
1: yeah, so name's Thomas Arnold. 22 years old. Final year commerce in UCD. Based out of the the haven that is leopard where i rent <laughs> uh it's hard to sum yourself up in a short period of time but basically i'm a, a youtuber social media content creator i make my money from uh, my own business which is a video production company called fearless media and uh overall i just feel like i'm a communicator
0: really that's what i do for a living mm. And when did you, like, what did you want to do? I guess I want to throw back, like, go back all the way to when, when you were younger. What kind of person were you in school? What did you want to do? What kind of personality did you have and so on, I guess? So I grew up on a small farm in uh, Fingal called Lusk.
1: There was 100 people in my primary school. So it was quite a, like, small town background. And for as long as I can remember, I think the one thing I had grown up was I was just really competitive and I loved sports. So I was mad into soccer, I was mad into cricket, table tennis, tennis, like every single sport really, really interests me. And I was a mad watcher of T V when it came to sports. Hmm. Um, but I was very introverted growing up. So although I like felt as if I could get my emotions out in the field socially, I felt I was quite awkward found it very hard to speak to girls, like I was more more the nerd of the class than the popular person, mm. so I think that really affected me growing up that I, w- I tried to compensate for that as I got older to try and develop more confidence to develop more sociability and um yeah, I guess that's sort of were my early influences.
0: And what do you think helped you overcome the initial shyness and introvertness? Because I was like that as well. But I'm curious to know, like, what kind of helped you overcome all that?
1: The biggest thing was, I think, my YouTube channel when I started it when I was 18. Mm. So I had been making videos on and off since I was 14. But when I was 18, that was around 2015 when Casey Neistat came to fruition and vlogging became a very, very mainstream way of making content. Mm. And... I started consistently putting out college vlogs involving my friends and going off and doing adventures and having to repeat the task of creating a story and talking to camera in awkward public situations and in front of other people. It was sort of ingrating me a bit of a confidence around not caring what other people think and being happy in my own shoes. But I think overarching... I've had a very sort of independent growing up. So I was like born and raised in a very small school. When I was 12, I went to Belvedere where I had no friends. So I had to make new friends. Then when I went to college, I went to DCU initially, Mm. had no friends going there, made new friends, dropped out of DCU went to ucd had no friends there had to make new friends because when i went to ucd i obviously wasn't with like my peer group because they were a year ahead of me in college yeah so my entire life has had to be very sort of independent and that's one of the things that's definitely shaped me um and i'm just a much more confident person now
0: than i was you know, when I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that because I think like when you when you try and do things that you're scared to do initially, you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to this girl. I'm gonna and then like ev- eventually you keep building up the confidence and you just get more and more confident, and you become more extroverted, which I think is cool. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And, and an- you said, another interesting yeah. part of that
1: is that sometimes in the back of your mind, you can think, you you might be like, oh, I'm, but I'm still that guy. Mm. I'm still that loser who doesn't get girls and you i guess you have to remember that literally even from a biological level your cell i think all the cells in your body change completely in a seven-year cycle so you are literally a different person than what you were when you were say 13 Mm. Um, and i think the key thing is to remember even in your mind that like your past is your past and who you are now is who you are now, and you can fundamentally change who you are. Um, That's the same thing when it goes to, say, YouTube, is, like, people would say, I'm confident now. I know I wasn't in the past. Equally, if I want to move into another domain, you have to make sure to tell yourself that, like, people evolve. You can change. You can progress. It's a matter of, like, thinking and knowing that you can do that, I guess
0: yeah Yeah. i like the way that you said you know you're a new person i i was listening to warren buffett maybe like five years ago and he said you know define who it is that you want to be like so look at all these successful people and look at all these unsuccessful people or not unsuccessful people you don't admire people you don't want to be be like and like literally just write down the characteristics that you would like to possess like for example you look i don't know whoever you admire it might be Jeff Bezos, for example, write down the char- char- characteristics that you like about Jeff Bezos, and try and co- incorporate them into your own life. And eventually, you actually will become that person. So I think that's so cool the way you know you actually do become a new person just by thinking about it. And like you said yourself, regenerate into a new you. And you said you started doing videos when you were fourteen. Well, on and off, and then you literally started doing videos again when you were eighteen. Uh, what sort of videos were you doing when you, for, when you were 14, 14 and what made you start your first video? Um, so,
1: I was on holidays in France when I was 13 and for some reason had this random idea to make a video. I'm quite a spontaneous person, so when something comes to me, I feel like I have to do it straight away. Right, okay. So, I just asked my dad, did we have a camera? And I got the camera and made it straight away. I think it was like a Justin Bieber parody. And I made it on my my dad's old, like, shitty Dell laptop. And I just thought it was so funny. Now, looking back, it was probably shit, but I just thought it was hilarious. And uh, dad told me that I couldn't put it anywhere. And for some reason, I had this, like, weird feeling in my stomach that I wanted to make more stuff. So I asked him what could I do that he would allow me to publish. Because I was 14, so did have a lot of control over you obviously and he's like if you did cricket stuff then i wouldn't mind because that was educational so for around two years when i was probably 13 to 15 i did uh cricket tutorials now it was only one probably every two weeks but i just loved making them like it was just i don't know what it was i just loved putting stuff out and looking back on them like my voice hadn't broken i was talking real posh for some reason like, even more posh than now. Um, and the stuff was, like, real cringeworthy. But I just loved it. Like, and I just really liked making them. And I stopped doing it when I was 14, 15, because I allowed a bit of peer pressure to get to me. But I still made little montage stuff when I was on trips and when I was 16, 17. And uh, after my leave insert, um, I sort of got back into it again. But my initial stuff was very much just recording stuff with my friends and um i just found it so funny like
0: (laughs) and did you put it down under your own name or did you like create a different youtube channel i
1: i called a cricket coach guy oh okay yeah Yeah. so i did it for about two years and it was about two hundred fifty thousand views but it was only oh wow yeah it was good man but there's only like 25 videos but that was an example of serving a niche like there was literally no cricket tutorials out at that time and I just did. I literally just looked up search terms. So I said like, it was like how to bat, how to bowl, how to um, how to field, how to whatever. Like I just did all of them. And I was thirteen, so I knew fuck all. So like my method to do the video was Google search the answer, mm. make a script, explain that on camera, and then edit. And so obviously I had no qualifications. But it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I really enjoy trying to explain stuff to people, and. I didn't give a fuck that. Uh, do you mind if I curse? No, yeah. absolutely. Go. Um, for it. I didn't care that I didn't have the credentials. I still felt like I explained it better than other people. Um, yeah, and that was my first
0: fray into video. Mm. And like you said, you're a communicator. You love explaining things, difficult things maybe, and making it simple. But do you do anything else besides videos that are that's kind of creative? Like, what else did you do when you were younger? I guess in the creative f- field.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting question. I I love to write. Mm-hmm. I was terrible at at, at drawing. I could, I can't draw to save my life. I can't really paint to save my life. Um, other creative stuff I did. I did a blog. I remember I did that actually for two years. I think and you were d-
0: fourteen at the time, were you?
1: No, I actually think I did a blog when I was like sixteen, seventeen. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think I did it every day for a long time um for maybe a year and a half or two years mm. other creative stuff i wrote um i think they were my main creative outlets like what was the other oh i am um, i sang in a choir for six years i love to sing and that was a creative outlet um i also debated for a time so i guess the whole communication piece and a lot of that comes down to verbal communication I did a lot of it when I was growing up as well. Like I did debating from first to third year. I actually won the junior Leinster competition in UCD, ironically, when I was 15. So throughout my time in Belvedere, which is an amazing school, it like really grew me up. I was engaged in loads of different activities that culminated in me, a loving creative stuff and be, um, just like having a quite diverse range of skills when I came to, creating like content and shit Mm. yeah
0: and i'm really interested in self-awareness like the reason why i ask these questions i'm like i always feel like as a kid you're you're kind of drawn towards things that you would like to do like as your full-time your potential i guess and i I always thought this about myself as well like you know what did i enjoy doing when i was younger and i'm kind of trying to trace it back and then try to do more of these things that i did when i was younger because i genuinely enjoyed it so that's why i was asking these questions and i'm curious to know like did you have any influences when you were 14 to do this kind of stuff or did you just like ah i'll make a cool video um i
1: i watched a load of youtube hmm. well i got an ipod touch when i was 11 and I remember just being obsessed with YouTube. Like, I just watched it so much. And even to this day, I actually watch YouTube the most out of every platform. I actually watch, like, two hours a day. Really? <laughs> which is really sad. <laughs> um, but videos, I don't think I really had that many influences. But I had a lot of influences in terms of I loved Roger Federer. He was, my like, my favorite sports person. Um, I loved Man United, so all those players. Um, who else did I admire? I think they were sort of my main influences. My parents... Uh, I looked up to my mom when it came to work ethic. Um, my uncle had done a lot of stuff with charities. And he was like the head of concern at one point And I really looked up to that. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I can't really... I probably need to think a little bit more about who my heroes were growing up mm. but definitely sports stars were my main heroes and um just like the will to be the best at something was always what i wanted to do in, like in everything and i think the reason why i'd still do videos now is that I picked up a lot of things when I was growing up, table tennis, got it to a point and then found out that I probably, I'd reached a point where I couldn't do much more cricket. I got to a certain level and felt that it would take an exponential amount of work to get to the next level. And videos was some, was a game that I felt like I could win over a long period of time because I enjoyed it. And I was willing to do a lot of them. And my videos now are a lot better than what they were before. And a lot of kids like dm you and say how do you build a successful youtube channel you have to do something that you're willing to do over and over again Mm. like i've made something like 330 youtube videos which is fucking crazy like yeah that's insane the amount of errors that have gone into all that um you just you can't help but get better at it Mm. you know and um
0: yeah and you mentioned youtube so like if you went back to your first video when when you were 14 What advice, knowing everything you know now, like what advice would you give to your 14-year-old self or anyone or when you were about to start your own video, I guess?
1: That's a very interesting question. Um, What would I say? Like I think I'm an interesting example in that I sort of didn't give up. Like it's eight years later and I still continue to do it. Um, Mm. I think what I would say because I've seen a lot of it is that people start stuff and they stop. And it's fine to stop stuff. But say when I started again when I was 18, that was like the third relaunch of making videos. And the third time it happens, I said to myself, there's a reason why you have come back to this. There's a, Equally, there's a reason why you stopped the cricket and you never wanted to do it again. And you stopped the table tennis and you never wanted to do it again. It's because you obviously are drawn back to this. So... um I wouldn't say anything to my 14-year-old self. I think he did a great job. Yeah, going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to keep going with stuff that fulfills you. And I haven't felt like this in a long time, but you know, probably when I was 17 or whatever, I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach thinking like, why aren't I doing the stuff that I want to do? Because um, even if it amounts to nothing, like even if only six people watched, it's much better that you're doing that um then just like not doing it Th- yeah does that exactly. make sense,
0: yeah yeah 100% um, yeah. yeah yeah no I think you're dead right like if like if you just if you if if there's something you want to do go ahead and do and then it might not be for you but at least you try it at least you figured out okay that's that's what I want to move towards And, like, Fearless Media, so what are you guys about? Like, what do you just work for, like, with small businesses, medium-sized businesses? Like, what is your kind of strategy or business plan, I guess, behind Fearless Media?
1: Yeah, so Fearless Media is, like, a small production company I run. Um, If I'm going to be honest, it's just me and a few contractors, um, Mm. which is, like, any small production company. Yeah, We'd look after a few different tech companies when it comes to B2B content, so business-to-business, if they have events... Where they want stuff covered, and um, they want to do pieces to camera. If they want to do rebrands of their website, um, then like small business scale. If it's like restaurants, they want like cool food stuff on their Instagram. It's a bit of a uh, bit of mix of everything, really. So I started that in first year of college, um, but it wasn't called Freelance Media then; it's just called me. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. I was just a freelancer, grown organically, mainly because like myself and the people who i work with i put a lot of time and effort into just trying to make the best possible thing we can make for you and my business is a referral business so it's just like if you get a painter or a plumber in if they do a good job and you have a friend who needs that same service you'll recommend something so I don't really put a lot of money into like advertising, but I put as much money as and time as I can into serving my current customer base and trying to make make them as happy as possible with the stuff that they get and make content that's actually going to make money for their business. Mm. Um, So that's what we do. I'm just ticking along with clientele this year. But when I'm finished in final year, I just want to tighten up systems. So I want to make sure that my quoting system, my pricing system, my inbound sales system, my editing process system, my output system, I want it all very clinical. Like I want it to be in the same way when you go to Subway and you know exactly what you're going to get every single time, no matter what Subway you're in. I want every single new client of Fearless Media to get the same excellent customer experience make sure there's nobody slipping through the cracks and then also work on a product um in terms of something that sort of we could sell as a package to a business that would help them uh, with whatever they want so um very much sticking to my core competencies which is communication and the actual technical expertise of video um and sort of gradually going to take that core competency and see how I can apply it to sort of different verticals um but look still very young 22 only been doing it for three years um a lot to learn a lot to grow into and um yeah a lot to do over the next 80 years of my life (laughs)
0: yeah yeah, a long time um and what would how like why did you decide to run or do fear this meeting in the first place because I assume you want to work for yourself but, like, I'm curious to know, like, why did you want to start Fearless Media? Um,
1: So, I've worked before in right. a nine-to-five. So, mm-hmm. my first one was when I was... I did genetics in DCU for three months and I hated it and I left. And the first job I ever had when I was uh, just gone 19 was selling doors or selling alarms. Selling, selling <laughs> <laughs> doors. Selling alarms door-to-door. Right. I was a door-to-door salesman for, like, six months um made a bit of money off that but not a lot it was very uh it's quite a harrowing experience uh, but I learned a lot from it and then I worked in a garden center for four or five months and that was my first time earning money like I was making two three hundred euro a week so um I invested that back into video equipment and that summer of 2016 I got like of my first couple of video jobs and um I was like holy fuck I can make the same amount of money from a week's worth of work from one video project i was like jesus that'd be fucking class if i did that and because i was living at home and I had no expenses i just quit my garden center job in september of first year of college and i was like jeez i can just do the video work because there's so many benefits because i can work from my laptop um i obviously have to be there physically for the shoot hmm. you but like you can charge a premium you know you don't have to like it's crazy now but I'm like I worked for 10 euro 50 an hour for like a few months and now that you can charge way more than that like you could be charging like 50 euro an hour for uh, video work um it was just so much more liberating for me so um that's what I I can't remember the original question but um yeah that's that was my first foray into like freelance when I saw people could give you money for shit I was like wow gotta do that <laughs> so yeah, yeah
0: I, I think that's pretty cool and I'm sure like how did you get your first client that's the big question like how did you get your first client i guess you know in various media yeah um so
1: i was in ucd and uh i went up to now look i'm forgetting a few jobs here but this was the first consistent one yeah um i went to the marketing manager in quinn and i said i make videos um could i do some for you and he was like yeah actually we need some videos. So, uh, he was like, I'll give you, I think he was giving me one for all vouchers. And uh, I made a video for him. And then I took that video and I went from the business building over to veterinary. And I said, I made this video for a business. And they were like, oh, we need a video. Then I took the video from veterinary and I brought it to alumni relations. So, I did that for like four places. And uh, I was getting a bit of money and then. And then from there, it sort of organically grew like... Um, it's it wasn't quick. Like to say it took like it's taken me almost four years to now have that decent five figure income, but uh, a lot of it was like word of mouth. Now it, it helps obviously that there's always demand for videos right now. Um, so that's one advice piece of advice I'd give to anyone who wants to start their own business is that if you have a if you have a skill in an area where there's already demand. And there's so many of those things, like if you're a painter, if you're a plumber, if you're a video person, if you're a photographer, if you're a marketer, if you're a graphic designer, there's like so many of these trades that there's just so much money out there for us. Um, like, I think it's cool to start off with that rather than go for a tech company or go for building an app, because those things are way more airy fairy and hard to f- you don't know where the fuck the customer is and you need a lot of money to get your startup started so i think it's smarter to do what i've done which is start with a trade build that out and um, become very proficient at running your own small scale thing and then you can build that into what product can i build or um can i build a little team that runs shit or how can i sort of use my skills to maybe go into something else you know so um base it around stuff that you're good at and start as quick as you can because i'm so happy i started when i was 18 because now i have the money to live like to live the way i want but if i was like all finish college and then i'll start you as soon as you start you realize that it's a long game like stuff takes time like because so much of business is relationship based and relationships don't happen overnight like i'd give an example that you know your girlfriend is someone who you've spent a lot of time with like the first date you get to know them then like the second day you go somewhere else and the third day then maybe you have sex for the first time then you go through a rough patch then you keep going and it's only a trusted relationship after a few months it's the same thing with business like and even when i was starting with my first clients like i do shit for free like when when someone when if i'm in a if i'm in a meeting with someone um they don't know who the fuck you are so even if they've you've got personally recommend, recommended from somebody else, they're going to be hesitant up front. So I'm always like, these are my prices. Oh, I'm gonna turn this. I'll be like, these are my prices. I know these are more expensive than you're used to. You can get someone who's cheaper than me. This is why I think it's valuable. But I understand that this is a lot of money. So I will happily do these first few projects for free. We can, well, not first few projects, first video for free. Do the first video for free. we can go through this process together if I deliver it and you like it then let's work together if I don't you've lost no money and we can part ways and uh often like they they just do enjoy it yeah relationships are very very key in business and look I'm only 22 and the reason why I keep saying that is because the people who I think are very successful are people who have develop relationships over a very long period of time and it's hard to do that when you're young but um, as long as you're upfront and honest and uh, constantly trying to improve then you know I think you'll do well in business Mm.
0: and let's just say you haven't you 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 don't have a trade you didn't start like you know like you started in 14 making videos Mm -hmm. but you want to get into the trade of perhaps it might be marketing digital marketing web design videos like what advice would you give to someone who doesn't have experience but wants to get into starting their own business around their passion um so
1: what would i say about that i think that first of all let's take an example say you want to get into say digital marketing i'd start with a course you know i'd start with learning about it a key part of running any business or succeeding at anything like you have to you have to fucking skills so if i'm coming to you as a digital marketer you better believe you're going to be telling me shit that i don't know myself you know so you need to have some form of skill set so spend a bit of time learning about sort of how to do that um, and and then figure out how to monetize it and the key thing is though i make sure you're picking something that isn't hard to monetize like it's not it's It's way harder to like monetize a YouTube channel compared to something like a painter because people already know that painting costs money and labor costs money. Whereas something like a YouTube channel, you could be very passionate about it, like I am. But I haven't made a single cent off my YouTube channel in like four years because you need a load of views and a load of engaged fans to actually sell anything. And so it's not going to be any form of stable income. Like, you might get a brand deal here or there, but that's after four or five years of graft. So um, start learning about stuff and develop competen- competencies in it because the more you actually know and have control and mastery over something, the more you'll actually enjoy it anyway. Um, so get out of this place of like, what you think your passion is and get down to the nitty-gritty of trying coding for a month see was like trying whatever for months he was like until you hit on something that you want to continue to grow and evolve over time
0: hmm. and what about work for free like are you do you support that like if you want to get into a certain business or want to get a certain business as a client but you don't really have experience like what if you just offer you your services for free and then see you know if you liked it cool i can i can do more if you, if you didn't like it go to another business what do you think what do you think of that strategy
1: yeah it's uh it's not a black and white answer um mm. if you've no skills like if i was starting tomorrow and i had no like camera skills behind me i'd be doing a lot of stuff for free um because uh you have no experience so you don't really deserve money um and like again it goes back to the trust point like people don't know yet so which is good because then people have lower expectations of you so you need to have uh you need to have this blank canvas of like i'm going out there i'm learning stuff there's not a lot of expectations if i fuck this up it's fine because they're not paying for it and i'm learning on the job the different things that are um the different things that are part of business like if if i was to go to a young lad now and be like tell me what does your email look like when you're quoting your clients what does your um what, what do you say in your pdf what how do you charge do you charge hourly or day rate what happens when you fuck up an edit how do you deliver the edits when do you deliver the invoice how what is your cash flow every month do you do 50 up front do you do a 30 days on receipt of invoice what's your um like inbound sales pipeline how are you going to pay rent next month They don't know the answers to any of these questions. I know them because I've done fucking like 400 video projects. So you need to build up that like domain experience, I guess. Um, When you get to the stage where you're earning income and um, you're at my point where, you know, you could say no to certain projects. I do free work now where uh, some of it's just gut feeling. Some of it's like I'll do a free video for them to just develop that relationship. and um, there's other times where I've done free work where like I'm doing this free thing now for um like a tech company based on my internship and there was like three months where I was like Jesus Christ why the fuck am I doing this? Like I just didn't know why I was doing it. And now it's almost over and I was asked like, oh what do you want to get back out of this? And I was like, you know, I don't want anything now but I'm going to be launching a product next summer and I'd love some introductions to these businesses. And they were like, absolutely. So, you don't... Relationships. Yeah. There's like a lot of... I'm a big advocate of uh, providing value up front. So, my YouTube videos are an example of that. Like, I just make people laugh. You know what I mean? Like, part of the reason why you're sitting here is because of those things. Like, I didn't want to take anything. Like, my LinkedIn videos, they're just advice. Like, I don't want to take anything back from people putting and it's part of it links into what free work is like free work is providing value up front um it lowers people's guards down and then they're way more open to to bringing you business because there's no paywall that sort of makes them think you oh, could be a fucking dickhead like um so that's one of the things i think i've, I've done well and i've always been a very nice child and like a nice person and I thought that was a weakness growing up because I was like, "Oh, fucking Johnny is a dickhead, and all the girls love him." And then, as I became older, I realized that my whole mentality of like trying to be friends with as many people as possible and never burn bridges, no matter how bad I, f- how bad I feel, has reaped so many dividends. But yeah, free like definitely do free work. People, there's an argument where people say don't do a load of free shit and i think they say it because people feel like they're getting fucked over yet you definitely can get fucked over by doing free work like i don't think you should be doing free work for fucking ages but you have to ask yourself like what is on the other end of the free work so if you're doing the free work and then you're not asking this person can you give me an introduction to them then you're being an idiot there's a difference between those two so um you can be doing free work for people and still make money You know, it's, it's, uh, it's doing free work and then basically being too much of a pussy to ask for money, you will fuck yourself over. So, um, uh, you were saying just ask, ask away. Yeah, man. Like what's, I don't see the harm in asking. I can understand how how it could be very scary, but, uh, often people will say yes. Like there's very few people who ask for stuff.
0: And how do you know how much to ask? Like, how do you know when when I'm asking, like when, when I'm inexperienced, maybe I have like less than six months of experience? Like, how do I know what price I should set for myself? Just randomly, or like, do you you know is there a process in that?
1: Um, it's a bit of both. So, excuse me. Uh, like, my process was like start so zero, then it's like fifty, then it's a hundred. Then I was like, oh, I should probably ring someone up to ask them what like. um obviously the creative profession there is no standard rate necessarily um but you can get a rough idea of like what you think you should charge um so an example being when you're starting off you might charge like 30 an hour for editing or 30 an hour for shooting and you'll just be like oh two hour shoot three hour edit uh whatever that is like 150 euro um so just ask around like google google shit as well and uh see what the market rate is some people can afford it some people can't and you don't really know until you quote you know a lot of the time now i never give a price of the phone or anything i just say i'm going to send you my rate cards um and you tell me some some people are like "Yep, yeah, perfect other people go oh i ugh, that's a bit much for me could you do it for this and i'll be i'll be like uh I'll, like most of the time i say yeah but there's just a bit of a compromise so i'll probably be like i can't do as much of this edit um but yeah, let's like just figure out the market rate and stuff and then gradually work up from there. And like as best you can, try and live at home if you can because then you have no uh, expenses. Rending, yeah. Like I'm at the point now where I rent, I've got a guide to pay every month. uh Like my expenses are a lot higher now than they were before. And although I'm earning a lot of money, my net income isn't as high because I've just got to spend so much money on stupid, not stupid shit, but like I've got to pay for my lifestyle. And uh that means that i can't take 50 euro jobs anymore you know unfortunately um but you know
0: yeah and what do you think is the best way to learn for example in your case videos like how do you learn how to make good videos did you use any process well it's obviously from experience but like what would you suggest to someone who who never who has never done videos before but they want to get into it how would someone go about learning these skills
1: you just got to make a lot of videos. Just make do. Yeah, like how do you get good at cutting hair? You cut a fuck ton of hair. Yeah, how do you get good at driving? You do a fuck ton of driving. Mm. You just gotta make a load of shit. Like you, you cannot think these things out because as soon as you make something, you you find. I think as soon as you make something, you you realize what the nature of life is. It's like very hard. <laughs> life is hard. Life is a lot of struggle, um and you're gonna be shit at it at the start. But you just gotta just make something. And like going through that process is a massive learning experience. I actually think it probably it like constructs new pathways in your brain um i just know for a fact that you can't think these things you you can't think your way into making a video you have to do yeah yeah it's it's through the the action of doing that the thoughts and the solutions arrive not the other way around i don't think you can think and then you just know how to do shit
0: yeah, that, that makes sense. You can't read about pushes as well, you know. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And you started Fearless Media when you were in first year in college. Which How'd, was just me at the time. Which was just you at the time. Yeah. And yeah, Grant. And how did you balance that and college? Like, what was the ratio of work, I guess?
1: So I did fuck all work for a second year. In terms of college work or Fearless Media work? Yeah, fuck all uh, college work. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. um, when I was in DCU, I was doing 26 hours a week of class and I was like absolutely fuck that so I wanted to do commerce where it was only 15 hours a week and then as soon as I got in I was like geez I could go to four hours a week and I'd still get by so my whole thing was I just wanted to get through my college career if you want to put it that way so first year I don't I think I got like a three or got like a 2.98 which is like not great then second year I got a 2.67 and this year, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to get, but, like, I'm just going to pass, you know? Um, I just did enough to get by. Um, but not because I was a waster, because, like,
0: I... You knew it wasn't for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I knew going into college that I just wanted to get my degree and build my business. That was my whole goal, and I'm still doing that path. So I haven't wavered from that. I'm, like, staying true to what I said I was going to do. Um, because I felt like building the business would be way more valuable, Um so how do I balance it? Uh, I definitely, don't get me wrong now, final year I do a lot more work than first and second year combined. Um, but the benefit now is that because I had like two and a bit, of two to three years experience of running the freelance thing, I'm so more efficient with it now. And I have my guy Brian working with me. So there's a lot of stuff I can delegate. Um, but college isn't mad. Like when you, to, to pass college, is not hard to get a first requires a lot of time and effort and um if if i needed to get a first i could not dedicate the same amount of time to the business but like um the predominant thing that drives me now is like paying rent every month and like get my savings um and second to that would be college you know so um uh yeah like from a practical point of view i do my college work in the morning as best i can i go to all my classes um i didn't do that in first and second year and i'm always in touch with smart people in class because i'm like a dummy so uh and there's a value trade-off there where like i can help them with videos and i can help them with other shit and they can help me with academics
0: so um yeah (laughs) that's all right and the other question i wanted to ask you is what's the not sexy part about what you do like what's the what are the challenges in your day-to-day life as a um, freelancer or challenges, your own
1: the challenges are cash flow um making sure you have money in every month um when shit goes wrong with a client like as i said before the thing i fucked up last week um dealing with difficult clientele who you still need because they pay well um and then pipeline so pipeline means who's who's the new person in the door like how do you set that up for yourself now some people have stuff like click funnels and advertising to make that happen and some people have like excel sheets with outreach to hit a certain amount of businesses i guess i've been lucky in that i haven't really needed that um because I've been putting out a lot of content for a while Um, don't get me wrong I have done a certain amount of outreach myself not a huge amount but um I think they're the they're the hardest aspects and then when it comes to stuff along the lines of say that product that I'm thinking of next next year um how do you transform your business from Tom even the thing I was this year it's like how do I transform the business from Thomas Arnold to Fearless Media because that's like a paradigm shift because it's like it's not just him. It's it's like a team or like an entity. Um, and those are like the necessary evolutions of your business to take it to that next level. Uh, and those things can take sort of time and effort and um, like rebuilding of it. Like nobody fucking knows Fearless Media. You know what I mean? I want it to be a – it's not going to be a brand like a Nike, but it's. I want it to be a brand that is well – well associated in the particular niche that i'm in which is video production like i want people to think they make sick shit and we're like we're not at that point yet um so i guess it's the process of sort of building that now is the the next challenge Mm.
0: and what is the favorite
1: part about what you do uh the money no it's not uh no it's not that it's uh my favorite part of what i do is the thrill of starting new projects and the thing i enjoy the most is creating a a brilliant customer experience end to end like i really want you to enjoy working with me i want us to have a great time making the video i want it to be seamless i want it to be easy Uh, and i want you to be really fucking happy with what you get and that whole process to me is is why i really love doing it um I just really love helping people in like a wholesome way because you'd be surprised how many people have been fucked over from a variety of stuff like shit suppliers or people not delivering on time or people just not looking out for them and uh, I want people to work with me to know that I actually care about them and I'm not just there for a check like I'm doing it because I really enjoy it Um, and um, I think you'd know that because I don't think people you don't go out on yourself you know you don't go out to do your own business because you're looking for a check I think you're doing it because you're really fucking passionate about it if I was just sitting behind a desk job and I was working for somebody else um, it's a lot easier to do a shit job because you're not as accountable and I think it's a lot easier to think that that person doesn't really care because you know you know at the end of the day that they don't really they're not invested in it whereas my whole fucking life is invested in it. Like, if I do a shit job for you, my reputation's on the line. I could lose a lot of business. So, um, uh, I just love that.
0: Yeah. And for someone who wants to build a personal brand, because I feel like that's important now, like reputation, like you said, but reputation is also your personal brand. For someone who wants to build a personal brand, what advice would you give to such an individual? Um.
1: So, it depends what your definition of a personal brand is. Like, you know... There's solicitors out there who have a fantastic personal brand, but they may not have an online presence. If you were to, as you say, redefine personal brand as someone's reputation, that just means being a good fucking person and sort of following through with what you say you're going to do. In terms of if you wanted to build notoriety online, um, my... I guess that's my question. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the most practical piece of advice I could give is that deliver value to a particular niche so my youtube channel this year is dedicated to helping students my linkedin is dedicated to helping marketeers and and college students as well actually and um it, through that it's the same reason why i think the cricket thing succeeded is because you're serving a group of people who have a set need it's not this arbitrary thing of I want to build a presence online. What am I going to do? Vlogs. Why am I going to do them? Because I like doing them. Like it doesn't matter what you like. It matters what other people want. So you've got to be giving people what they want. Um, yeah, I th- just think you've got to be serving a niche. And like I come from it from a different perspective. If does <clears throat> having 100 people watching your video versus 10,000 people watching your video is one more successful than the other if there's i would say if there's 10 paying customers out of those 100 people watching you've a successful personal brand like i look at it from a business perspective um so it, it all comes down to serving that niche very well like you could literally be serving people who have 10,000 euro goats in mountains and there might only be a thousand of these people excuse me but they could be very um they could be very high ticket customers. Uh if you're serving their their needs and wants, then uh you you'll build personal brand because people know you're looking out for them. It's the people who are posting shit for themselves. Like I I'll give an example. Nobody gives a fuck about subscribing to the YouTube channel. Like don't ask me to subscribe to your YouTube channel. Don't uh what would be another thing? I don't know, just like don't do a load of selfish shit. Like do it for other people you can get to a point where uh like you could argue some of the things that i do say on instagram are quite selfish say like the post i put up at the weekend which is just me and the lads or whatever um but there's like entertainment is another way of doing that is another way of like serving a niche um once you get to a level where people are actually following you they'll sort of um they'll probably follow you for you more than just the niche i guess um but yeah serve a niche
0: if you had one super pair, what would that super be? oh,
1: good question. Um everybody fucking says time travel, so fuck that. I always loved the flash growing up. So I'd love super speed.
0: The flash is oh super speed, yeah. Super
1: speed. I'd love to be able to run like as quick. Oh so fast. So I love that. That'd
0: be handy actually. Like college is and, and I'm there. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: at the lecture. Like. <laughs>
0: yeah and if you were to have dinner with anyone at all so it might be dead or alive who would that person be
1: oh my god humdinger of a question <laughs> um uh roger federer why he's my childhood hero i love him
0: what would you ask him um
1: i'd ask him what motivated him to do so much Actually, you know what? If I wouldn't even fucking say that, I'd be like, what's the crack,
0: man? What's, what's up, man?
1: Yeah, I'd be like, what's happening with you? Yeah. I'd be like, man, I respect you <laughs> so much. <laughs> uh, and I'd love to just be his friend. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Oh, actually, I forgot to ask this question. Um, so What is the advice that you often hear that is often like, a bad advice that you often hear within the industry? So within your industry, if you know what I mean by the bad question. Bad advice? Yeah. So other professionals within your area are often given this advice, but you don't really believe that it's true. Does I complicate? think it
1: would sort of go back to the free working like never do work for free. Because uh, as I said before, I, th- I don't think it's a black and white answer. It's a very gray area and it requires a lot of discretion on your part. And nobody's really going to, like you can ask other people for their input, but you have to make that decision like, you have to weigh up the pros and cons in your head and ask yourself, is it worth doing? So, uh, when it comes to free work, have a think about it. Do you think you could reap rewards down the line? Um, don't just say no for the sake of saying no. Especially when you're starting off, it was like, what What gives you the right to say no to work? I guess that was what was running through my head when I was starting off as well as like, what makes me such a big bollocks to not not have the the humbleness I guess to do this. Like I'm not the rock. I'm not Kevin Harris. I'm a young lad. Get out there do some fucking work. And I guess that was what was, you know, running through my head at the beginning, so.
0: Hmm. And what would you say was the biggest failure for you and what did you learn from that failure? That's a fucking
1: great interview. Um my biggest failure
0: because I feel like, you know, you're you're quite successful in what you do. Uh, um, And I feel like, you know, a lot of people look up at all these people and they're like, oh, I, I can't be like that guy. Oh, I can't achieve this. He's so much better than me. And so on. And all these thoughts run through your head. But I feel like a lot of successful people tend to fail at something. And then they learned the lessons and they applied it to their own life. Like, for example, I can literally name any celebrity or any successful person that I know and they could literally just name some that, you know, that w- didn't go so well for them, but they actually came out as a better person as a result. So I'm curious to know, like, did you have any of these encounters of you f- failing something really bad at something and then you just succeeded in the end? I guess that's my overall question.
1: Yeah, I, I'll try and answer this as best I can. Like there was, there were certain setbacks that definitely altered the course of my life. So, mm. uh, my leave cert, I didn't get the course I wanted, uh, I missed it by five points, that ended up me going to DCU, um, which I didn't expect, which ended up me going to UCD, which turned out great, <laughs> uh, I, I guess what I learned from that experience was that, you know, there, the place you thought you wanted to go may not necessarily be the place you end up Um I think like dropping out of DCU felt like a bit of a failure at the time because I was like, oh, all these other people are going to continue to do the course. Uh, but what I learned from that was that you got to be true to yourself. Like that's very important. Um, and uh, I definitely learned that. Like, yeah, I haven't been great in the past about with my family, like not giving them a lot of time. Like that's probably the 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 bad side of what I do is that i'm like a very selfish person because i'm so career driven and very like like you can't be putting out the amount of content i put out and then like l- drop the ball somewhere else and i probably don't spend as much time with my family as i could um and that's not something that's seen you know like no, i don't like i don't know how much time my friends spend with their mom and dad that's sort of for themselves you know and those are relationships that the outside world will never really see so um i've definitely tried to remediate those mistakes as best i can now that i'm moved out and stuff but um yeah i think those were my that wasn't a great way of answering it but i haven't had like a massive to the best of my thinking i haven't had a massive l i've had little l's you know like the one i said last week but uh i try not to dwell on them too much because uh you know you just got to move on and yeah you got to move on and push forward and not uh be too stuck in the past i guess
0: tom i think it's a great opportunity to finish up the podcast i really enjoyed having this conversation it was very insightful and i definitely learned so much and before we finish up is there anything at all that you like to mention to the listeners anything at all that you like to promote anything at all i like to say
1: enjoy. um no not really man thanks for having me on i really appreciate it and uh yeah best of luck with
0: the future and more
1: podcasts
0: thanks so much i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think will benefit from it you can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e that is chasingpassion.e thank you for listening today and i hope you enjoyed the episode